0: Welcome to the Black Women Working Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again. Now, how are we doing, everyone? Everyone.
1: Hi, that's, it's Chantel
0: here. Chantel, it's Natalie here. And we have a special guest, which we will A very special soon. guest. But just before we get into that, we have to remind you to please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, social Meet our social media handles, which are at EWW Podcast UK. Is that right, Chantel? Yeah. Thank you. So right. <laughs> <laughs> and please follow and subscribe, um, subscribe and like our podcast on whatever platform you're listening to, whether that's on our podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, we really do appreciate the interaction and the support. Now today we are joined by someone I know personally, I just love when we have guests that I know. It's Anne-Marie Imaphadon. She is the author of She's In Control, basically talking about how women can take back tech. Remember, the back is crucial. Now, um, Emory is more than an author. She is the founder of STEMX, which is a social initiative working to inspire the next generation of women to pursue careers in science, technology, engineering, and maths, which is commonly known as STEM. And she's currently helped thousands of girls reach their STEM potential. Hopefully she can help me. We might see it progress at the end of this episode. She's actually one of the youngest people in this country to pass her master GCSE. I remember when I met her, I think that's one of the first things you told me. And I just remember thinking, wow, this girl is so smart. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> and then the fact that she was so down to earth and so normal and we would talk about where we're going to get our fubu t-shirt from mm-hmm. what what could we buy in tk Maxx that was kind of designer with our budget <laughs> it's just nice to know that very intelligent people are very 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 real i'm not finished you know me and i love my long introductions she has many many jobs including hosting our own podcast for even standard women take ch- tech charge um <laughs> She's also a host on Countdown. I love watching her on Channel Four. Very very proud to tell people I know that woman, that black woman on Countdown, and she's also on the board of the Institute of the Future of Work. And as you can tell, while it's not a claim to fame for Anne Marie, it's a claim to fame for me. We went to the same sixth form in North London, so it's really really lovely to to have her on our podcast. We're not going to tell you when we study because that's none of your business. <laughs> so Anne-Marie thank you so much for joining us she deserves it you know when you go someone has a wikipedia page you just have to stop and
1: be hey a a
0: celebrity we have a celebrity on the podcast okay wikipedia I actually googled her wikipedia came up straight to me (laughs) okay and you had to scroll
1: to read it all in it
0: (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. It wasn't one of those two line entries, you know, them self people one, they did not self-participate oh, the shade. The shade. <laughs> okay, let me focus, let me focus. But no, um oh,
1: Hey and Marie and welcome. I'm so excited to have
0: you. Um, so glad to
1: be here. I'm so happy as on well, Natalie. Natalie, you see me at my
2: worst
0: we're We're not we're not we're not not talking about that the only version of us that exists is a version today in this 2022
1: tech where there was no social media to document (laughs) that exactly
0: Exactly. I feel like I I feel like we did have high five accounts I feel like I had one I tried to get you to have one and you were like it's not for me I think sensible girl
2: I remember Bebo as well we pressured oh you into it. We
0: actually bullied MySpace. you into we it. We had all of them.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah MySpace. Oh, Those were good times. Time. High
0: five oh. before MySpace. Ooh, yeah. I loved I loved high five with my one picture. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for writing such a great book. Um, I'm self-confessed technophobe. Ask anyone on the podcast, if you ask me to edit anything, upload anything to the website, I literally have a meltdown. Oh, Natalie. <laughs> I know. I'm, in, I'm actually in, embarrassing. Even things like DocuSign that I need for my everyday life. I'm scared to use it to the point where I get like my juniors to use it and I don't actually know how to do it. Uh So
1: Hopefully after you've read this book, you know, choose to engage and all that. I was (laughs) just about to say, now
0: I've read the book, she's in control. (laughs) It's really opened my eyes um, as to one, how I need to fix up and not be scared of tech, but also the role that tech plays in our everyday lives. I mean, moving away from kind of like having a laptop, having a phone,
1: Mm. I
0: think what the book did in a really nice way that I really enjoyed was just kind of remind us, not in kind of like, everyone has tech, you need to do tech, you need to understand tech, but like technology is part of life to the point where the way we operate and move in society, every single facet of what we're doing is relying on technology. So it's not something we should be scared of, it's something we should embrace. And as women, it's something that we should, you know, kind of take back. All right. But anyway, anyway, we have to do a little bit of background on you. Obviously, I've bigged you up. I've told people your whole life, everything about you. But one thing I wanted to delve into a bit deeper is stemets and kind of like, how did that come about?
2: Cool. Yes. So Stemet. So Stemet is ten next year. So this is this will have I know. Okay. Like, Stop know. aging us
0: because obviously I, I mean, you had to do it, that right? after you went to uni, after <laughs> we went to sixth form. Okay, thank you. People are paying attention. But please people shouldn't be counting the the listening. Um
2: yeah, so ten years ago, just before, uh, ten years almost actually to the end of 2022, I was working in the city, working in technology department Mm -hmm. and really, really enjoying my job. I was being paid really well. I was on the computer all day, every day, playing on the computer. I was being listened to, I was being promoted. I was having good times. And um, I ended up being sent to speak at a conference in the States about what I was doing in technology. And I turned up there and, and, you know, I went because it was a free trip to the States. You know, let's be honest with ourselves. If someone says they're gonna pay all expenses paid, you go there, you're there for for like a week. I think I went and saw my uncle, you know, I did did everything right while I was out there, but turned up at this conference and there were three and a half thousand women at this technology conference. And I hadn't paid Mm -hmm. attention to what I was going to. I didn't, didn't really know what it was. And being in that space, I was like oh my goodness, this is like nothing i've ever seen before nothing i've ever witnessed before nothing I knew I wanted to see. Mm. Three and a half thousand technical women in one space getting excited about you know our shoes and our style and our this, but also about the databases about the cyber about you know all the technological things. So was in this space um, and there was a keynote towards the end of the conference and this lady was talking about how in the US. The number of women in tech had been in free fall mm. over the decades before oh, wow. you know, we were doing this and i was looking around the room and i was like that's interesting it's been in free not are many okay cool and she was like you know if everyone here listening to me can just do two things one is stay in tech and here's why you need to stay and two is get a friend into tech and just do that and we'll be able to reverse the trend so I went home and I was like, that's interesting. That's an American problem. Got Ooh. back to the UK. And I was like, hang on a second, Amory. <laughs> Can you pay attention? When you're in your university, I did I went to Oxford, I did math and computer science. There were 70 of us in our lectures for computer science. And there were three girls. It was me, Clarice and
0: Karina. Right? They got so, Clarice and Karina.
2: I mean, yeah, they were they were lovely. They were great. They're great people. If I look at my team where you know, I was returning back to work, you know, you could be, I mean, you're sat in the meeting, right? So you don't notice, but anyone could walk mm. past those glass windows and they'll be like, one of these is not like the other, right? And you could point me out, I'm the youngest, I'm the blackest, I'm the femaleist up there in that space. And so I was like, you know, this, is, this was such a life affirming moment to be surrounded by so many technical women that actually, if more people had that experience, if more people got to see that, if folks got to see that when they were younger, I wonder what that would do for the way that they make choices about their lives, the way that they see themselves, the way that they see the world. So I started the Mets as a response to that. And I was like, if I get young people together and, you know, surround them with thousands, hundreds, let's say tens of technical mm-hmm. women, I wonder what that would do. If I, you know, we have panels at the conference, let me put panels. They had hacks at the conference, let me do hacks. They had a show and an exhibition at the conference, let me do a show and ex- exhibition. And so it was my New Year's resolution. Some people oh, take up wow. yoga. I, I started. It. I mean, this is it. Why not? I started the stemets project, and that was it. And it was the first year of trying to get that done. Um, and that was how stemets started ten years ago. And the rest, as they say, is history. There's obviously been lumps and bumps and all sorts along mm. the way, but mm. that's what it was. It was like, yeah, more people should be able to enjoy. More people should be making these technical decisions. More people should be being paid to play on the computer all day because you know that's that's a little bit of what we do in technology. <laughs> we get to play with new things. Um, and yeah, like there, there are more reasons which I'm sure we'll go into. But that, yeah. that was where it started.
0: No, I think that's, I think that's amazing, um, and I'm glad to see that over the last ten years you have made so much progress, and you've managed to keep it going. Because I feel like with these projects sometimes they can be thankless at points, and you can be trying to push a rock up a hill mm. and trying to get sponsorship, trying to make things sustainable can be really difficult. So well done to you, like for managing to do that. Obviously, I'm going to tell you well done every two minutes in the podcast so just get, used, <laughs> just, just get used to it. So um, moving on to the book, She's in Control, um, kind of what was your process? Because obviously there was probably a lot of things that you could have, or a lot of ways you could approach a book writing about women in tech. Mm. Um, what was the reason you took the approach that you did? And what was the process in terms of putting it together and making it the project that we see it as now?
2: So I get to speak. So you said I wear lots of hats and I have lots of different roles. One of the ones, one of the extra ones that we didn't mention is that I'm a keynote speaker. So I get to talk. yeah. I'm sorry.
0: Let me write that down. So you okay. put it in our <laughs> so,
2: I mean, it's not a big one, right? Don't you just yourself be like, hey, what do you do? You don't figure. figure. <laughs> but I get to talk to a lot of people. I get to speak mm-hmm. to loads of audiences. I get to travel the world and I get to talk to women's groups. I get to talk to technology companies. I get to talk to travel companies. I get to talk to really random groups of people. And over the years of doing this, there's kind of things that I've learned, things that I've got to see that I've noticed mm-hmm. are really important for people to hear. And can be really again life-affirming for people to hear so i kind of i started there was like you know here's the things that i talk about here's the things i think mm. are really important here's the things that resonate with audiences how do i boil this down into a book um and so i actually started off a friend of mine um called vanessa Lally um has written a book before and she was like just map everything out and i was like that sounds like me i like diagrams and structure <laughs> so i was like let me structure everything out so i did that Um, And I then started recording. So I had this, I documented it a little bit on my Instagram, but I started audio recording everything, like all the ideas, you know, the steps on those different journeys. And that kind of was like the main meat or main vegetables, maybe you could say of the book. And then I went out and I interviewed lots of people um, Mm -hmm. because I think it's important. You know, my journey is so interesting and yeah, it's inspirational. Yeah, it's aspirational, but it's not everybody's journey. Like not everybody... Mm -hmm especially reading the book, it's too late for you to go and do your GCSE at 10. You could have done it, but you know, yeah. time travel is not here yet. So for me, it was yes. important to make sure, I mean, yeah, right? Well, somebody should be working on it. Um,
0: Please, if I, I can like, go back, I want to go back to 18. That's my, I want to go back to 18 and do no. everything again with the knowledge I I'll had go, today. I'd go, <sighs> I'd go younger. I'd go 10 or I'd go to year eight. But why, anyway. why would you go 10? You already had GCSEs by then. Anyway, continue. Yeah, because it was like
2: that, this, 10 was good times, man.
0: Um, so <laughs> I would,
2: I would, Uh, So yeah, so I was like, I need to uh, share more stories with lots of different people. Mm. Cause I I hope you kind of got this is like, it's not just one way to do it. Like there's someone like Ghislaine in the book, who's a dancer, she's a genuinely trained dancer. Um, And she was doing this in the 60s and 70s. And she's now become like a virtual reality specialist because of what she knows about the body, how to move the body, she added it to technology.
1: And now, you
2: know, there's a lockdown and all of a sudden her time has come, right? And so I think there's lots of different people that I interviewed as well. And all of that then got smushed together, basically. So between what I was saying, between what they said, sometimes they disagree with me, sometimes they add Mm -hmm. to what I've said, but I'm hoping it's given a more rounded project of things that women need to hear, like you like you said, like we've got a really rich history in tech, like
0: history. I love that. this
2: is where power sits. So yeah. I
0: love that continuous use of history, history. every day. I didn't see the word history once. I really love that. I really love that. <laughs> really that. Um so one thing I love about the book is it's about how women can take back tech because I feel like a lot of the conversations we have, not just in tech, but in diversity in lots of different industries, like in my industries, I work in real estate industry, Mm -hmm. legal industry. It's all about like giving women a seat at the table. It's like they've never been there before. Let's make space for them. And I love the way it's kind of like, nah, women have been doing this. You people have just been Babylonians and removed us. (laughs) We need to take it. We need to take it back. And there's so many, there's so many thorough and detailed examples throughout history of women who contributed significantly to tech, but effectively, their contributions have been silenced or there's examples of women who've been told to move to the side Mm. so that a particular man can shine. I mean, like you've had, you've gone back as far as the 1800s. So thank Mm, you for that. Because obviously that's education that we, we need. But one thing it had me thinking about is like, do we shine enough light on the contributions that women are making in tech today? Mm. Because a lot of the recent examples you gave of people just doing tech and like you said, the dancer, people kind of coming up with different tech in terms of being able to sell sell clothes, run businesses, mm. all things that relate to women. I feel like I still don't know who these these women are.
2: Yeah, we're we're still rubbish at telling the stories. I think we've got better. So if we go back far enough, like some of it was really, really overt erasure, mm. very much overt, you know, sometimes, you know, one of the women in the book had to literally write her math degree under a, a male name just so Wild. Listen. listen and pay attention. So I think we've definitely progressed and we tell more of those stories. We still don't tell it enough. Mm. So, you know, like you're saying, so Jenny Jenny's another example where, you know, she started off solving the problem of... You know, when you're on the tube or you're on the train and you're, and you're like oh i like that top where'd you get that top from and you ask the person she has built the technology that you can take a picture of the top and you can buy it from anywhere on the high street i
0: use that every day that technology See, and and it's, to you.
2: and it's a funny one that you, we use it for that but actually now she's working on using it to help scan bags in airports oh, and being wow. able to tell you know different parts of a gun or you know that kind of thing and so it, for me it's we need to tell these stories much more um and we need to have it as part of the story of technology but also part of the story of us right like we use the technology at the time we should definitely thank Hedy every time we connect to the wi-fi like, that's mm. something that we should just have as part of a you know it's part of your norm the same way as I don't know if you thank Mark when you log onto Facebook if you log onto Facebook or Instagram but like we should thank Hedy every time we log onto the wi-fi so I think we've got better but we could do could do better um need to have those names you know on walls in curriculums in movies in Hollywood in EastEnders you know yeah
0: definitely Mm.
1: yeah no I'm just I'm I'm listening I mean I'm thinking part of part of that problem is what you speak about in terms of the book in terms of power um or the lack of that women have in society, far less just tech. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with powers, associations with money, and you talk about the social economic inequalities, not just, um, not just economic, but gender-based, race-based. And it was really insightful for you to summarize so well. And we hear about a lot of women in general not being included in these industries. But I don't think we connect the dots because when we do hear stories it's like a highlight it's like oh hidden figures wow that was great oh it was a woman that created that and then we just leave it as like real isolated examples yeah. so I guess like one of our questions is how much is the exclusion from women contributing to the issue um, or to other issues such as equality in our pay gaps or the ethnicity pay gap is you know, is there a relationship between the two in your mind, or can you delve a bit deeper for our listeners?
2: There is. There's a really big relationship in women's exclusion and what happens with the rest. It's it's like a self fulfilling. It's like a mm. vicious cycle almost. Mm. You could call it. Um, and it's why I've got. So the final chapter is called the future of work, yeah. and it's why I've got that there and I pinpointed it because us not being a part of those, the technology being built, us not mm. being part and considered as the way that the technology makes decisions, us not doing that is having huge impacts most people work you know maybe not everybody not everyone works yeah, but most people life. work most people are engaging with the workforce and it's so bizarre to really think of what's the implications of us not being there what's mm. the implications of you know they argue or people are upset all the time about you know Amazon drivers and the fact that you know they had to pee in a bottle women can't pee in a bottle, in a
0: bottle yeah
2: so when you're writing those algorithms and you're tracking how long people are on breaks when women are on their periods we use the toilet more often because I'm not going to be doing my period things out and about right. Yeah. And so I think it's that thing of there's all these assumptions, all these things <laughs> that aren't baked in that by not having women there to say, hang on a second, here's how that works, or hang on a second, you're seeing people, you know. I, I give the example um in this in chapter 13 of the algorithm that was brought in to help in a retail company with shift allocation, with promotions, and mm. with deciding pay. Mm. Right. And this was this is something that you know was using facial recognition, was mm. going through chat, and you can think facial recognition. The algorithm is not seeing my face. It can't tell my face from either of your faces, right? Yeah. And so how is that going to be able to then allocate shifts properly if it thinks we're the same person?
0: Mm, it's no, not going
2: to be able to do that. And then, okay, on top of that, it's like, okay, cool. Someone like us might not necessarily want to negotiate as hard as other people. And so we're going to pay her less because we're, we've optimized this algorithm to pay
1: people the least possible to keep them in the position. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Right.
1: And it's like, I want you know, I was, in, I am inspired by the book. And, but there were so many parts where I, I'm probably part of the problem in that <laughs> I just felt so disheartened. I just was reading it and was like, but if this is the issue, how? And so like, you know, we speak about our, our more vulnerable, more marginalized groups, our lower paid professionals um, or non-professionals even. Mm. And like the fact that they don't actually even have access to Mm. these spaces Mm. and it's not just access socially as in I don't know where to go it's also you know the idea that they have to work and still not have enough money Mm. and part of the power is having the money and then when we think that things like automation so you know in that chapter on the the evolution of the labor market you know my concern was really about like what is the place for the person at the bottom Mm. who is potentially going to be replaced by tech Mm. and as bright as they are as creative as they are their current situation means they don't actually have the space or time far less resources to even engage in that process in being part of the narrative Mm. of well what is it actually that people need when they're on the ground you know what I mean yeah Mm. and and I
2: think there's there's two sides to that so I think there is one thing which I kind of mentioned towards the like so every chapter has a getting started section and I think it is something that you know you have trade unions you have groups that people can get engaged with where there are technical discussions that are happening and often and, and I hope this kind of comes through in the book but often your perspective and your experience is something that's not being heard Mm. And, and often can seem like it's novel in a lot of these spaces so just turning up and being like this is my reality and saying that enough times is enough to contribute and is and is a form of agency or a form of power but i think the yeah. other thing which is another chapter which is called holding tech accountable is that there are people yeah. that do that do have that agency there are people that might not be technically minded but do understand a little bit of the law or do run those businesses or have been in those positions before where it's like as you're learning bring the people in as you're learning, yeah. talk about those experiences as you're learning, share as you're learning, make sure that you're spending in the right way and that you're frequenting the right kind of businesses and you're being really intentional with the way that you use the internet and the way that you share ideas. Yeah. So I think that's my, my my response to that is that everybody has a role to play in this, whether, you're, whether you consider yourself technical or you don't, we all have a role to say, it's not okay that you've yeah. written an algorithm that you know uses the data of the people in that position last year and then decides the grades of the people in, in the same spot this year like that's hey, nonsense. you don't need to the know math. the technology to be able to say hmm you're talking to you a know, previous the,
1: teacher here so there yeah. you
2: go and you know
1: the math wasn't massive right when the, the when did math did not math it,
0: Go on, Chan. You know, no, no, I won't go into.
1: It's be, it's just be, it's beyond me. I don't. I'm not going to go into the details and the depth of that example. But some, like, I think, and I think that that's the power in it, right? Is that your grief? your small grief for the day or your big grief institutionally needs a voice and even if that is a rant on your snapchat or whatever that your voice is being heard whether it be you know I was in absolute turmoil last year when I had to remove x amount of students from getting a grade nine teacher assessed because Mm. the algorithm says only three can and you're like sorry but these students really did get it so who yeah. do I remove and just on the topic of social economics in that you know there was <laughs> no but there was a conversation about you know do we remove Fatima or do we remove Freddie oh but Freddie's parents they're more likely to speak up more because they're white middle class and oh. Fatima's parents social probably take the grade that this is not what was being said out loud but we but know in- inherent uh, yeah, yeah like who you can exclude and and then you know the book Natalie um, has highlighted, and I also noted the example about the Fitbit, you know, us yeah. as women, we can, we can bitch about, oh, this is 10 days, it's not enough to that. But unless we are all saying it out loud in chorus, having our voices heard. And I know that was um, when we talk about accountability, but it also leans to the whole idea of finding your voice, which you talk mm. about in chapter 10, we mm. need to be able to speak up and feel yeah. like our voice has a place.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think the scary thing for me as um I'm gonna stop sort of calling myself techno focus and it, it shows I haven't had growth and I've read the books. Obviously I've grown. But um, <laughs> um I think the scary thing for me is that the fact that these algorithms algorithms can have such a negative impact. And we we seem to inherently trust, we'll be like numbers don't lie, the, the mm. facts are the facts. And it, it's it's interesting to see basically more and more examples of how algorithms even though they're meant to be purely factual and programmed on um, past behavior can effectively reinforce Mm. stereotypes and reinforce prejudices and biases in society whether they're Mm. conscious or unconscious Mm. and i mean just explain the Fitbit example because I had Fitbit, but I've gone gone to Apple Watch and I'm happy about it now. <laughs> Fitbit basically Apple
2: were before Fitbit though. All of them have done it. I mean the way the way I explain it is every couple of years the tech industry discovers the period for the first time. Like, that, I just that's, think that's it's basically... just so
0: crazy that they would have an app and people would be like, oh, you, the max you can record your period for is ten days. You don't know what I'm going through. I might have period for six seven years. What's it your business? Just let me record in my app. Hello. Thank you for all the how Go did you on. get to how did you get to the end
2: so that means you know you didn't have a single person that had ever met anybody that's ever had a period in all of those teams at a whole big big Figbit Maybe. or big big apple big big all of them have done it and it's like okay so there's not a single person there that's ever had a period or met someone that's had a period that you could have checked with before you did the marketing campaign before you coded it before you rolled mm-hmm. it out So only when it gets out there then you get backlash and then it's like, okay cool so was it that you hadn't met anybody or that they were there and you just weren't listening you weren't platforming or you didn't believe them and if probably you're not believing them on them. periods what else are you not believing them on that's not I mean, as obvious both are right? true both yeah. are true
1: they probably weren't there and if they were you weren't speaking to them yeah both and I true. think
0: and I think one thing that the book has highlighted for me is that there is a there is still a lot of activism and that even someone who doesn't feel like they're in mistakenly doesn't feel like they're invested in tech can still voice opinions and and be an advocate for making sure that where we do have tech and where we do use it it is used in a fair way and it's designed in a way that includes multiple lived experiences of the people that are going to be impacted by the use of that algorithm exactly Um. so one thing I wanted to talk about as well was just taking things into our own hands so ultimately you have shined a light on a lot of women black women who start their own organizations to discuss tech to discuss entrepreneurship lots of different things and you also run your own organization but one one kind of one thing i wanted to understand is like how far can these these organizations that we we run and i can suppose black women working in the sense black girls book club the organizations that focus on advocating for groups in certain industries mm. that have certain lived experiences, how far do you feel that these groups can, can go in terms of changing the tide? Cause I feel like a lot of the kind of hesitancy when it comes to women in STEM is ultimately because we're just socialized from a very, very young age still to this day yeah. to pursue certain areas, whether, yeah. even though that doesn't make sense, like women are still, so girls are still being socialized to do, kind of like social studies, English, things like that, Mm. when really there's no reason why they can't do engineering, there's no reason why they can't work in construction. Mm. And even kind of some times when you get to professional environments and you are a woman working in those environments, I know about the construction industry just through, just through network, you'll still be one of the only women on the team and you yeah. will struggle a lot. 3% or I... <clears> something. <throat> exactly. Yeah. So I just wonder like how much can these individual efforts that we're making, how much can they turn the tide and, and how much responsibility do we really need to put on government, NGOs, um, to actually actively force businesses to change? So, if I think there's impossible, yeah, I think there's a
2: lot of impact that we can have. I think we shouldn't underestimate the spheres of influence that we do have and the people that yeah. do listen to us. We shouldn't ender- underestimate the agency and the power that we have. We shouldn't underestimate the places that we have got to and are getting to in society, and so I talk a lot about you know learning mm-hmm. to wield your influence, learning what you're and learning and understanding how to use your sphere of influence in the small so you can do it in mm-hmm. the big. Mm-hmm. so I think that's one thing that's really important. I think the other thing that. At least with Stemets, and I'm sure you'll have it actually across the podcast and with everything else and all the other organizations that are doing work in this space is, you know, it's it's a long term thing. Like I said, Stemets has been running for 10 years. Yeah. So when we started, we were trying to get people in. Now yeah. we've got people that are in that are really well connected and have built up a special mm. kind of resilience and have a special definition of success for themselves where Mm. where where in the generation before it could have been like oh i've been treated like that i've been treated like rubbish i'm gonna go and i'm gonna go and do something different in this generation it's like well i'm being treated like rubbish here she's being treated like rubbish there let's compare and contrast let's learn what we need to learn let's experiment and then we're going to push on forwards or we're both going to go and sit in another place we're not going to leave the industry. So I think there's a lot of that going on. The other thing I'm seeing with STEMETS in particular, and I'm sure you'll be seeing it across your community is that we are learning about this power in numbers and we Mm. are learning about this power of problems, which is another one of the like subsections that I've got where if you are in that group, then that's one less person that's on the opposite, on the opposing side almost. Right. So you go through, you push through together and you recognize the value of that group to the point that then you're like, Hey, I'm going to change things up for who's coming later. Yeah. And I'm going to change them wholesale. So I'm not just going to give the advice. I'm going to change the way we recruit. I'm going to change the way we run our projects. I'm going to change, change, change. So I think there's a lot of that that we're seeing. I would love to be able to let the government do what they need to do, but mm-hmm. we're not getting too political. The government's on fire, number one. Number two, this is too important for the government to be sorted. Yeah, we need you to. Know? And the government had its role to play in creating this problem in the first place, which, um,
0: absolutely, there's yeah. someone
2: called Ma Hicks that I've that I reference in the book who's written a whole book on how much of this was architected by the UK government post war.
0: Post war, yeah. Let me read that book. It's next, right? That section. Me. If you read oh, that, yes. that
2: book, you'll feel hot because it's literally, you know, Ma's writing about you know, the fact that. You had women doing this during the war who learned how to just, do it, were really good, were really efficient. And they just dashed them. The men came back, they had to train the men, the men became their managers, and then they pushed them out. Go and that was home. literally what they did.
1: It's the line of the UK, go back home. <laughs> yeah.
2: And and then, But then what did these women do? I mean, a lot of them ended up working for Stephanie Shirley and they built the flight receiver for Concord. They did all the stock control systems. They did all our bus schedules from their kitchen tables. Like That was the original work from home in the 1960s wow. everyone else was wearing miniskirt and doing up twiggy and these women were literally bouncing the baby on the on their knee and punch carding and coding from home and mailing and posting and whatever in it this so... is what we
0: need to know because I feel like I just don't know any of this and it's just nonsense
1: but but the I think the issue is and it alludes to like our next point is that even when progress is made it's always like one step forward two steps back mm. so you can use the example of women in war you know if we think about um covid and I know that's we want to speak mm. of, you know what does genuine inclusion look like in COVID? Yes, yes. we had this whole tech inequality on a really like resourceful level not on a technical level like how many children and which children do or do not have access to laptops exactly. and then solutions were put in place for that period but what about the longevity of that Mm. So now, post COVID, in inverted commas, what happens? Because those same groups exist. You found a solution when Temporary. the problem was there, yeah. right? But you don't want to continue on, yeah. um, and it just this. And I, I, I guess that hangs off the words of Anne-Marie in saying it's too important of a problem to rely on the government because they they're not invested. They're mm. not invested in that long-term solution that will really drive the change, right? No, Across lots of things, like we're not, we're, not of things, women. Yeah. we're not
2: special as women. We're not women in tech that they're not. They're not not really able to yeah, invest
0: in the long term multiples. We can be here all day talking talking about it. Babylon. So maybe <laughs> we move on. But I think the last question I wanted to ask was just. Um, and this is probably more for the HR people that are listening. So let's just throw them a bone. But how do we think that tech businesses can be intentionally inclusive in a genuine way? Because one of my bugbears about um, just these conversations about including women, including people from marginalized group in what I like to call main center stage life is that people will then be like, OK, so we need to do this program and we're going to do blind CVs, and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to do all the things and you get a job and you get a job and you get a job. But the inclusion attempts are very gimmicky, whether it's to look good to appease shareholders and ultimately the environments that women are having to work in, whether it's in tech or in any other kind of, you know, Mm. engineering environments male dominated environments mm. they're not welcoming mm. they're not welcoming to women and i have a friend who works um as a project manager in construction mm. and a lot of the things that she says to me about the issues that she has i'm like ah, that's not about your ability that's because you identify the woman and you are a cishet woman you know and it gets to a point where it gets frustrating to see a lot of these conversations about stem and all these efforts that people are making and it's like it's not filtering down into my day-to-day lived experience as a woman Mm. in these environments Mm. like how how can they be more genuine like i don't even know what to say because being genuine is just being genuine but
2: i mean that's that's the thing right so i think (laughs) i think i think it's what i end up saying to companies and talking companies through is that you if you genuinely want to see a change, which has changed in the last 10 years, right? 10 years yeah. ago, we were yeah. having to explain to people this was a problem. They were fighting us. But now, <laughs> at least we're having service. So that's the progress that I'm counting. But I think with all of them, I say, look, this is not going to be solved overnight. This is a really big mm. problem. It's really hard. Retention is, is a lot harder yeah. than recruitment. Yeah. And the aim is that you're trying to allow these different types of people to thrive in your environment. So that's not something you're going to work out overnight. It's not something yeah. you're going to get right the first time. It's not something you're going to get right the 10th time. It's not even something you're going to get right the 20th time. So this needs to be an evolution. I talk, as same as I say in the book, but I talk a lot about my, uh, growth mindset. Yeah. And to borrow a technical term, which a lot of them will be familiar with, there's this agile iterative framework that we have that means Ooh. that you try and then you and you you kind of come back and you look back on yourself every now and then and it's almost like a series of experiments mm. so that's why i say to them i'm like look you have to be iterative about this you have to be like okay cool we tried this we've put it out we learned from it we measured what that was like and then we started again mm-hmm. and, then we did, mm-hmm. and it's like and you just have to keep coming there's a new facebook every two weeks
0: yeah it's true this is
2: how these tech people work so do the same thing with the culture
0: this
2: yeah what are you doing this month that's different from last month what are you doing this year that was different from last year and make sure that you always have an answer to that question of the last period and you need to it's a direction of travel it's not a destination and mm-hmm. I think that's what the tech firms need to be okay with and they do it for everything else you do it for revenue you don't say oh, we earned all the money last quarter let's sit down now no you go again
0: you start it's again true. Yeah, you do yeah, it again put it that way yeah so I
2: think that's what that's the approach they need to have is we need to be iterative on this and there'll be some things that you get right there'll be some things that you get wrong but actually I think for most people and most women in these spaces if they did the DAEI initiative last year, mm-hmm. and then they came back and they did a different, slightly tweaked one this year based on what you said, mm-hmm. you'll sit. You would sit there and you would wait because you say, at least I'm not. You know, people aren't touching my hair, or at least you know <laughs> people are saying my actual name now. They're not giving me a shorter name or saying Tulu or you know all, all of that yeah, kind of stuff. So yeah. I think that's the thing. Of it's a direction of travel. It's not a destination and if you yeah. can get that as a tech company tech not companies that get that that understand it's a it's just another thing that they need to work on are the ones that end up keeping people and the ones that mm. listen this is the thing you yeah know? i th- oh.
1: i think what's interesting is like the because you also spoke about the the idea of degendering like let's let's remove the idea of patriarchy let's actually take a marriage between the two worlds the value that women bring that is actually a chapter the value that women bring Mm. and the the existing powers that be and it's like it's true we think about the way in which technology has been absorbed in so many ways you know because Natalie and I were speaking about or we were natalie was debate we we're debating about whether or not technology is going to be a threat to creativity in some mm. sense of the way yeah. in terms of you know the actual arts fine art fine arts and dancing and stuff and then you know you give the example of um was it glenn with the with the um dance? Yeah, yeah. On, yeah. yeah and it's like if tech can if if worlds can blur you know, you we we don't just have a TV. We have a TV on our phone and a TV on our pads. And it, like you can figure out how two things can merge. Why can we not merge these whole gender qualities? Yeah. Um, as well in solving the problem. Mhm 100%. Mm-hmm.
2: Cuz they cuz they don't want to cuz they don't want to and because you lose <laughs> power, right? If everybody understands this coding thing that you've held so dear and you've pretended is your is your special knowledge and you know you're born with this this knowledge, then how are you going to you know hold that over someone, right? How are you going no, to? That that's mm-hmm. what it is. It's the fear of and it comes from academia as well, it's that fear of if everybody knew then I'm not special anymore. If everybody knew then, you know, I'm but not going to...
1: It's an it's an unfair economy because I can't remember I cannot remember the name of the person that you refer to, but the whole idea that her technology could not be used because she didn't have the resources until the, pe- yes. the patent went, the and, then essentially- and then everyone was renting yeah. it, right? Yeah, the and, and, then essen- and then essentially, your information, your ideas, are out was it for there. the tampons or the sanitary towels. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. holding your tampons, chastity, your sanitary towels like, It was like a period belt thing. Yeah. I her name, and so, so yeah, yeah. when we talk about the concept of power and keeping your power. Essentially, it's not even that you're stealing power because people have ideas, they just don't have the resources or they're not being given the platform, right? So, what is even power? I think, I think that's the difference.
2: That's the thing that I've that's the reason that's almost the reason I've written the book. I think the difference is that that lady was, I think, early 1900s, if not yeah, Yeah. and she didn't have the internet. Like, there's a lot of things she didn't have, there's a lot of technology innovation that we've had now where the power has it's been democratized like if you take Mm. a little bit of time to get curious and understand just a small amount will give you such a big leap forward where those people didn't have that she didn't have kickstarter she didn't have crowdfunding she couldn't have opened a bank account without the permission of her husband or her father yeah and we're not living we're not living there now so it's like now's the time this is the time to take it this is the time to take back tech because they've left too much of it open there's so much you can learn online there's so much you can see in youtube people are literally turning, teaching people to code for free go and get it and let's hit them let's take it back right let's hit them where, let's hit them where it hurts and that's where that's what i'm wanting that's why it's, she's in control we can take back so much control with the money that we don't have and yes. the time that we don't have if we're skilling up technically and we're doing it on work time because work is not going more technically so you can you know, work it into whatever training, L&D, whatever that you've got happening. If you can mm. squeeze into what you're doing with your kids, if you can squeeze into what you're doing with your friends. We can, you know, there's a lot that we can do if mm. we use this correctly. I mean, it's the it's the it's it's almost, this is my my hope for the book or my vision for the book was almost, so you've both seen Hidden Figures and I hope people listening have seen Hidden Figures. Yeah,
0: but uh-huh. yeah. You
2: see the scene where she goes to the library and she pulls out this book and there's this whole kerfuffle outside, right? There's, you know, they're annoyed at her and they don't mm. want her to be in that side of the library, blah, blah, blah. blah. And it's a Fortran book, I think, that she's gone to pick up. Mm. And you see her go back to work and she's like, ladies, this is it. And all these women that were computers mm-hmm. have watched now them wheeling computers the size of a room to take yeah. over their jobs. And what do they do? They're like, okay, cool. We've read the book. So now we're just going to jump from one job to the next right. job. And all of us yeah. are doing it together. And you're not replacing us. You're not taking me out. Because all of us said, okay, we're going to learn this Fortran thing together mm-hmm. while we're her computing. And that's what I'm hoping the book is about is... Yeah, we're going to band together. We're lawyers, but we're going to understand this technology thing. So mm. that when,
0: you know, law gets shaken up in Talk the way it's getting shaken up. Talk about me. I mean, to this be is fair, it. they're talking <laughs> about putting chips in our brain to make us focus more. Since then, I've been oh. concentrating.
2: But yeah, not that, I mean, you're a lawyer enough to know that that, that one's not okay. But, you know, all of these technologies that they're using yeah. to, you know, go through historical records on particular things, you better understand it. Because the day that, yeah. that they say that's not part of your role anymore, you can be like, okay, cool. But I understand the weaknesses of that. Mm -hmm. I understand how I can add to it with this, and here's what I'm going to do instead. And you're not going to use this technology to put me out of a job, to remove my agency, to remove my power. No, I'm going to use it to stay there instead. So that's what I'm hoping. At least I can inspire people to know that you don't have to come and work in technology. That's not the point.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. The point is just
2: understand the have a have a deeper understanding, have a digital understanding of the world around you. So if you do end up in the metaverse.
0: You know, you're not just, I didn't even get into that. I'm gonna be, if when I'm in the metaverse, I'm just gonna be chilling I'm gonna be cool. Am (laughs) I not in it already? I'm not in it. I rebuke. I rebuke. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, so we can't, this is the (laughs) whole point. Even me, I can't lie to
1: you. No, not because I don't like it, but I just, um I'm, I'm I'm traditional. (laughs) I, I let me be an old lady. You need to reread the book because you don't want to be left behind. I, I can't.
2: I don't get left behind, man.
0: We're already second-class citizens here. Don't, don't go to the <sighs> middle. Don't be a second-class citizen again. Me, don't. never. I have to be no. first class. But exactly. um, on a on a serious note, when I did read about that law firm technology, I actually used to work at that firm as well. So it kind of triggered me even more. I said, "No, let me get my notepad out and let me start doing tech, tech. What do we need tech for? My love. Every time I'm complaining, complaining about the resources. So yeah, so it didn't inspire. Yeah. Me. But anyway. First class, A um, Star. I don't know where Chantel will be, but I you know, I know where I'm gonna be. I'll
1: be, I'll be in my real garden growing tomatoes. <laughs> All right,
0: okay. Anyway, um so one thing I did want to ask, I always ask people this, it's a terrible question to ask, but I have to obviously the books come out, it's amazing. I'm just really excited to see the reception and for you to just enjoy this kind of book process for yourself. But what is next? Is there anything in coming up the project that you can tell us about that you'll be working oh, on if you can't it's um, fine because we know that you've got multiple jobs
2: yeah what there, there's lots of things coming out there's a new stemets podcast that i should mention because this is a podcast oh wow. say what? Yes. yeah
0: yes. um
2: so that's happening there is the 10th year of stemets so lots of things that are happening across the Brilliant. country yeah. for that. and um i mean i'm back on channel four i did some more recording for countdown so y'all should oh. I mean, this is an exclusive. I don't think I've told anyone. But yeah, 8 out of 10 cats does count. And I did, I did a couple of episodes of oh, that. Oh,
0: wow. I mean, How was that? I, that must have been fun.
2: It was It was so different from the main show. It was crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. And that show is a late night show. And you best believe my parents decided to come and support. And I I don't know if they've... They I'm sure you warned them, the them and you told them not to. I tried. But there's fine. only so much warning you can warn certain people. So... I, I don't know. I don't know what I, I don't know that they've looked at me the same way since, but um, <laughs> lots lots of things happening. And there's also a second book supposedly yeah. underway <laughs> to
0: decide what it's We might have to edit that one out, you know what I'm saying? So I want to put no pressure on yourself because writing a book is not an easy task. It's not a walk it's in the park, trust me. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. But, um, Amri, I just want to thank you so, so, so much for coming Sorry, on our podcast. I should podcast. say I'm, I'm the
2: president of the British Science Association. Oh, my goodness, I need to write these things down. Yeah.
0: So, you took how many minutes you've been on this podcast? 40 minutes to tell me that. The way I'm going to be bragging on this I'm stuff. So I'm sorry, You're like, leave. girl Anne Marie. Like, I went to get We used to get KFC together, you know? like <laughs> No, she's president not a science institution, but you know, she's my was girlfriend. It even, way was it back. even
2: KSC? Was it not Bossman Chicken
0: and Chips? No, we used to get Bossman Chicken and Chips, and then when I had a free period, I used to try and run and catch the bus to Fourth Street to get oh, KFC, And then we bring goodness. it back, it would be like lukewarm. But put the it, don't you remember, we used to put like pound fifty for a bucket. Oh, oh my <laughs> offered, those are, those Look how far we've come before the days of delivery and Uber Eats. The kids don't know, they don't know. They the don't. They really don't know. They don't know the struggle. Um, um, yes, everyone. So um, again, thank you so much for today. It's been such a good experience. The book is She's in Control, How Women Can Take Back B A C K Back Tech. Um, I'm assuming it's available everywhere, all good bookstores. Please try and buy from an independent bookstore, please. It's not everyday Amazon, no shade. Um, please support the book as well. I think it's amazing that we have a book written about tech and women in tech, especially by such an amazing black woman who is a very dear friend. Um, I just want to thank everyone for listening. As always, please tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, help us get the word out. And we can always keep the conversation going on social media using our hashtag, which is hashtag uk. Or at email us at Twitter and Instagram, and as I said at the beginning, could you please like and subscribe? And um, feel free to email us if there's anything you want us to talk about, anything you want us to cover in any future upcoming episodes for our new seasons. And I think that is a wrap. This has been a lot of fun, and I am no longer technophobe So hashtag growth. Hashtag growth mindset.
1: Natalie's in control. There we go. I'm in control. But you you said it live to your audience, so we'll be holding you to that. Oh,
2: yes, please
0: hold okay. on. Don't
1: do ask it. me to edit no episodes <laughs> or upload anything to the website. It's baby steps, important. baby steps. Baby steps, yeah? That is ba- the baby step, babes. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: we'll see, we'll see.
0: But um, thank you to everyone for listening. I'm Marie. We release you to have an amazing evening. And I'm really, really excited to see you world of the stars and really really proud of you and happy to tell people that i know you
2: you.
0: and i'll see you later everyone goodbye